0: I've been frustrated at myself like should I risk it and do it full-time earlier and I've watched so many other brands grow around me but at the same time I feel like I've done it the right way for myself I feel like I've just got to that point now where I feel really confident that I've got enough experience and knowledge to be able to do it full-time. Hey welcome to Ladyland a podcast by Lady Brains
1: where we chat to ambitious women about what it takes to become an overnight success huge spoiler alert. The overnight success does not exist. We're your hosts, Caitlin, Anna, and Maver. Now get comfy, fellow lady brains, and ride with us to Ladyland. For Beck Wadworth, what began as a simple blog turned into an international minimalistic stationery brand and organized life, which is now stocked in a curated selection of over 45 stores across Australia and New Zealand. We sat down with Beck to chat about her career and business building journey to date, including a dream come true partnership with fashion brand Karen Walker. This is Beck's story of paving her own path and taking the plunge from being an employee to a full time entrepreneur.
0: So, I'm from um, the wine region of Marlborough in New Zealand, where I grew up on a sheep and cattle farm, actually. All of our extended family lived on there. And then we moved off when I was about seven to a vineyard so I've always grown up in the countryside um, I had I loved that upbringing um, it was really small town um, I moved to boarding school when I was 12 13 pretty standard I was sixth generation so I guess because our town's so small we all go away so I went to Christchurch and did five years there so um, family is huge to me and my hometown's my favorite place in the world so I go back there probably twice a year. And it's kind of where I reflect and refresh, I guess. Um, it's the best little place. And my family is still on the vineyard. So all of my extended family still live there, which I love. So all the grandparents, all the cousins, everything. So they're just so down to earth and they kind of keep us really grounded, which I love.
2: Were you entrepreneurial as a kid? Like, did you have those sort of
0: tendencies always? I don't know if I was um, entrepreneurial. Um, My dad, I guess, has always done his own thing with the farm and the vineyard and stuff like that. My mom is a principal, so she's always um, been quite routine. And I guess that's where I get my organization side from. I was always super creative and I always knew I wanted to do something with that. But I don't think I ever thought I would be doing my own business as such. But I think when I put my mind towards something, I've got one of those addictive personalities that I just have to do it and do it well. So I think I probably just got an idea and loved it and it was a passion and decided to keep rolling. I was a dancer for years, Mm -hmm. so I did Mm -hmm. ballet for... Um, from the age of five till I was about 20. And I probably finished dancing fully when I was about 22, 23. I think that side of it taught me like the commitment and the dedication and the hard work. And it kind of trained me a lot in that type of, I guess, the mindset as well when you have to do that. It's really funny, like quite a
2: few people that we've Mm -hmm. interviewed have had either elite sporting backgrounds as young Kids or ballet. Yeah. Which is so interesting. Like it it's must so teach you that really yeah. strong dedication, perseverance, like yeah. consistency that helps yeah. you succeed
0: later. I think so. And a lot of life skills, I was thinking, especially in my teens, you know, when you're at high school, you you're developing a lot just as a human in general. Mm-hmm socially and just everything like that. I think it's a really testing point of view when you study ballet. It's a time when a lot of people can jump out of that and to just go on and more focus on sports and schooling and things like that. But I think um, just trying to stick it through was a really good thing. I'm glad I did it at the time. I know there was a lot of ups and downs, but, yeah, I think it taught me a lot, yeah, a lot of life skills that I use today. And so you spoke a little bit about your mum
2: as a principal. Yes. And being very organized yes. herself, how did that organizational mindset manifest in your life as a kid? Did you write lists?
0: Did yes. You? Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of lists. Um, <laughs> as long as I can remember, I've had lists. I definitely remember using a diary all through high school for sure. Um, but I know that I did lists back when I was younger before that. I definitely think it comes from my, my mum. My dad's super organized as well, but I think I just probably Realize it more in my mum's day to day. I was such a list freak and a stationery. You know, (laughs) when you went to school and you would get all your new notebooks and your pens and stuff like that. So that was always my favourite time of year. Consistently, even when I started working in the workplace in fashion, I remember my friends. I was working at a really fast fashion um, company in New Zealand. And they used to give me vouchers to Kiki K when like for my birthday or when I got stressed, they'd be like, just go to Kiki K, get a new notebook, like do (laughs) your thing. Go to your happy place. Yeah, (laughs) go to your happy place. So I think, yeah, it's just the way my brain's always worked the more organized i am it just makes life easier so i've just always had that kind of structured mindset it's it is weird because i am a very creative person I was just as well about so to it's say a that. weird combination yeah. it's a really weird sort of um yeah. two ends of the spectrum yeah like, exactly yeah. so um like i'm definitely relaxed in terms of i can shuffle things around quite easily and not be too overwhelmed by it but yeah i'm definitely i've always had that organized
3: side to me so tell us a little bit about the start of your career and
0: kind yeah. of yeah So I studied graphic design at university in Auckland in New Zealand and I had always worked in fashion there. So um, randomly I actually started out as a fit model through my dancing career. I saw an advert and didn't really know what it was and started in that world. So it's when they fit all the clothes to you basically um, ready for production So it's not glamorous or anything like that. You literally, you're like a little clothing horse, I guess. (laughs) Mannequin. Yeah, mannequin. mannequin. (laughs) (laughs) And so I started there and then I worked my way up and did um, a lot of web design, social marketing, all of that kind of stuff. Then from there, I actually got a transfer to Sydney. I stayed with the same company, all fast fashion, and I got really busy when we got to Sydney and I had always wanted a diary my own diaries, I guess, my whole life. I always made my own Christmas presents every year. And every year I designed a diary, but I could never actually go ahead with producing it, more from like a cost point of view for Mm. printing and stuff like that. So when I came to Sydney, I decided um, I was going to a lot of meetings. I was more in a PR role then, PR marketing. Um, and I was going to a lot of meetings and I had like a red diary or something disgusting that was not going with my statement diary. (laughs) Yeah, it was a statement, but it wasn't really going with my monochrome style. I did see a gap then and I decided to do my own diary. I did the smallest run in the world. I think it was 200 and just tested it out. I had no business experience at all. So I knew what to do from a production point of view in terms of making it, but I had not that much experience in, you know, shipping and that business element side. So yeah, that was when it all kind of began. I thought I just want to test the market and give it a whirl. Yeah, I'm glad I definitely took the risk. Now looking back on it, I was definitely probably more naive than what I thought, but I think it was the right choice. Sometimes naivety pays off. I agree. yeah. Yeah. A lot of people looking back now on their businesses, a lot of people I meet and talk to say yeah they were so naive at the time I definitely went through all the steps I was very thorough I went through business planning I went through all of that kind of stuff but yeah looking back now if I had to start a business and knowing how hard and the hours and everything that goes into it I think I would have been a lot more um, nervous but yeah I think Mm. it's good just to give it a try dive in there yeah did
2: you shop the idea around
0: with friends and family like what were people's reactions my parents were terrified actually (laughs) um they were like what especially because we've gone into a digital age they were kind of thinking would there be a market for it all my friends liked it but nobody is as stationary obsessed as what I am a lot of my friends are in fashion or finance and things like that so yeah, my boyfriend was super, super supportive and um, my brother and some good friends at the time. So I thought I might as well just give it a try. I knew best case scenario and worst case scenario. So I thought I didn't get investors or anything like that. I just did it all myself. And so I thought if it doesn't work, I gave it a try. And who was your first sale? Oh, I don't know. I don't actually know. (laughs) That's really bad. Um, I actually didn't have a website, which is quite strange at the time. I did it all through social media and people emailed and put through their orders, um, which looking back, I have no idea how that actually worked, but they sold out within three weeks and it was all through family, friends, and then all just social media contacts. I actually do have the spreadsheet somewhere, but no, (laughs) I don't, I don't actually know. I don't think it was um, probably was a friend but yeah, there was a lot of, I was actually overwhelmed by how many went to people. I had no idea. I thought I would sell most of them through friends and family, but uh, yeah, there, somehow a lot of them came through. Social media was back before the algorithms yeah, were, yeah. weren't what they are today and you um, you could get a lot more sell through from um, that type of thing. So,
2: And was it through your own account or did you just start an organized life account and just start posting? And
0: um, It was actually through my own account. I think I only had about maybe 2,000 followers then yeah. and I, I wasn't like I was doing what I am today with my own thing. I was um very like ad hoc social. It was like I loved doing little flat lays and lifestyle and a little bit of fashion, but it, it definitely wasn't like a structured social media mm. account. And then, yeah, I started doing the products and started popping them up And I definitely had a marketing strategy and things like that. And I gifted them. Luckily, I had met a lot of amazing people through my role in in the PR industry. And so um, like Al Ferguson and um, Carmen Hamilton and those kind of girls were really supportive. So I think, um, yeah, that helped a lot as well. Like it's such a common theme. It's not what you know; it's who you
2: know, and like drawing on your networks is so important for yeah. success.
0: Yeah, and I think I was lucky. I, I'm. I've thought about that side of it a lot because I also believe, you know, I'm from a tiny town. I had to work so hard. Um, you know, even moving to Sydney, I didn't know one single person. Mm. So. I do feel like there has to be something behind it and you have to know your product and it has to be a good product or you you have to be good at your job or, you know, I definitely believe in that side as well. There's a credit to um, all of that behind it. But yeah, I think if you've got all of those assets and then you're meeting the right people, then
3: it's the perfect combination. So what would be some of your tips for cultivating those sorts of relationships and being able to build your network you were working in PR at the time so yeah. you got to meet people but yeah outside of that like what are some of the things that you would recommend other people
0: I think I was lucky because I was in that industry and I have um you know I have had people email me and ask what their advice would be I do think you have to be really careful you don't want anything to be too forced mm. obviously the one thing with me too is I am on both spectrums so with my own personal um social media accounts I get emailed a lot from brands but then for me as a business owner I also have to be the one emailing if I want to work with people and you know popping myself out there so um, I think you have to just be really true to yourself and you have to also know best case worst case scenario especially if you're emailing people I think you have to be really personal I think um, you just want to Pitch it that that you have done your background research and that you there is an an alignment that your two brands or you as a person in that contact would be good together. I think if there are events or things like that that you can go to, I also think that's an amazing way to meet people. Depends what industry you're in, obviously. Um, But the other tip I also say to a lot of people is if you do have a physical product, I do believe that you know a million emails come through to most people's accounts. So I think if you can send a little gift pack. If you can find out their address, send a really beautiful gift pack that's really personalized and a nice note saying, you know, here's a little bit about my brand, blah, 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 blah. Everyone's going to open a parcel. I don't know who doesn't open parcels. (laughs) You know, if you get a nice (laughs) gift in the post compared to emails, (laughs) you kind of see and you you glaze over. You sometimes think you're going to go back and reply and then it just all builds up. I think a parcel you just always remember. And I think if you can do that and then send a follow-up email and say, you know, hope you got your little gift or what, you know whatnot, I think that's a huge help. Just draw on your contacts and anyone that you know. Um, people want to help people and you want to see people grow and succeed. So I think as long as you aren't too pushy or forced and it's quite natural, yeah, that can help a lot. As a
1: business owner, how crucial is it to build your own personal brand?
0: I actually think it's quite an important thing these days. I have actually some friends who don't want anyone to know that it's their brand and they have extremely successful brands and I admire them for that. And I think it's a great thing, but I know that they get a lot of questions. If you can have a face and you can have a personality behind a brand, I think it is, um, it is definitely hard to put yourself out there at all times, but I do think it is quite nice. I think people can feel like they relate and they're, you know, they know the person behind in the story and um, it definitely gives it a bit more depth I think there's different ways you can do it as well. You don't have to go full account posting all the time about your life. You can do it quite nice and minimal and just have a beautiful about page on your website or things like that. But um, I think if you can put yourself out there a little bit to tell a bit more of a story about your brand, it is definitely helpful. How
2: do you balance like the public and the private?
0: I think because I'm a perfectionist, I do actually find it really hard to put myself and my personality mm. onto my social pages. I would actually like that to be shown a bit more, but I think more from like an image point of view and that kind of thing, I'm really picky. And also with my style, I obviously have a very strong aesthetic, I guess. So um, I do find it a bit tricky. I obviously love like New Zealand and my family and like all of that kind of stuff, but like my parents green vineyard doesn't go super well with my feed so it's like (laughs) you know it's like it's hard it is really hard because I would love to show a bit more of um that side of it so I guess it's it is a balancing act and I'm still definitely working it out I would also love to show you know I um have probably two percent of my life on my social media accounts Mm. compared to you know today I've been slogging away at the desk all day and Whipping through deadlines, and I probably should show that a bit more, but um, in the moment, I'm not very good at just stopping and and thinking about that side of it. So, yeah, there's definitely a bit of a balancing act.
2: So I want to kind of go back to your initial 200 diary yes. run, Yep. and you sold out in a mm-hmm. number of weeks. Yeah, what was the next step for you, like mentally, and then with the brand with the business? Yep. Were you like Oh shit! This is actually there's something
0: in this. Yeah, I'm going to do a production run of a thousand or whatever. There was a lot of things you learn from your first run as well. I was so glad I did it as a small run. It definitely showed me the gaps that I needed to learn and grow. I think I probably wrote a list first and thought I've got you know I I was actually realistic as well and I thought I'm not going to do. Anything else until I do the diaries right. So I waited a whole year, which might seem quite crazy, um, but I was working full time and my job was really demanding. And I thought I just want to get it really right. So I still carried on doing a bit of social and cultivating relationships and planning, but I definitely did a bit of a to do list on um, you know what I needed to learn in terms of production and even shipping. I remember shipping was a nightmare because my diaries were like the tiniest bit too heavy, so they crossed the mark. Between the 0.5 and (laughs) Mm, 0.5 plus. So it changed the whole price point of shipping. So there were so many things I needed to learn, but I thought, um, yeah, I gave it a whirl and did, yeah, around a thousand for my next run. I got to set up the whole website. I did everything like that. I did the branding properly, I did proper photo shoots and everything like that. And I just thought about it a lot more. And at this stage, were you funding the business yourself? Yes. Yeah, which Mm -hmm. I still do today. Yeah. Um, I haven't had any help so far. So I think that was the other thing I knew, like even margins, all of that kind of stuff you have to learn along the way. So that was something I knew nothing about whatsoever. I'm not really a numbers person. I still am not great at numbers, but I think as a business owner, you have to be across all of that stuff and teach yourself. So um, I actually brought on my brother as my CFO probably after the first, that second run, the thousand He came on. He is amazing. He's a little bit younger than me, but he's so supportive. And so he has taught me so much and helped me refine everything to be where it is today and to be able to make it a proper business. So how practically
2: does that manifest in the early stages when you're funding your own business? What does that
0: mean for your life? Oh, yeah, that was, I had to definitely, nobody saw me for a good while. I remember my friends saying to me, I would work all Saturday, all Sunday on my business, there's so many little things with a business. It seems silly to say that I was working a weekend, but at the time I felt like I had quite a lot to do. I'd try and stop at um, like three o'clock on a Sunday and then I wouldn't go for wines or coffees. I, you know, I'd have people round. I just tried to save money wherever I could. After that first run, I did. For that year where I waited the whole year, that was my goal to save, to be able to increase the quantities um, quite a lot. I obviously made a profit from the first year, but I needed more to put into meet my minimums. So I saved like a crazy person from my salary, luckily, um, because I was full-time, which, yeah, I know a lot of people um, do these days and I definitely think it's a great way to do it. You just have so much more flexibility and control. I also think for me, I had no business experience. So to bring somebody else in or to get funding or investment, it was just too much on me personally, because I didn't know, you know, what was going to happen. Yeah. yeah, I was still trying to work it out for myself and my worst fear, I'm not very good with failure. So I didn't (laughs) want to seem stupid or have those kind of conversations and not know what I was, um, or what they were talking about. So I definitely had to stop a lot of things, but it was worth it definitely to have that control. And have you
2: experienced failure
0: throughout Um, your business journey? I've definitely had a few cries.
2: <laughs>
0: Tears are normal. Yeah. Tears are normal. Standard. I was actually saying my girlfriend the other day sent me this hilarious graph. She was like, my life looks like this every day. And it was like, up, down, up, down, oh, Yeah, and she yeah. And I was like, I just know that feeling because you have so many highs, but you obviously there is lows. There's, mm. It could be anything. It could be, you know, a product, even sampling, things like that. Like you work so hard and then it comes back and you're like, oh, like, why is this so bad? And then you kind of, you know, that you have to waste another three or four weeks. So it's, um, there can be so many things or, um, you might be let down by a stockist or you might have your heart set on, you know, a certain photo shoot idea or model or like, there's so many little things that can happen, but yeah, you just kind of have to keep going. I think for me, it's been a time thing. I've been frustrated at myself. Like, should I risk it? And do it full-time earlier and I've watched so many other brands grow around me but at the same time um I feel like I've done it the right way for myself I feel like I've just got to that point now where I feel really confident that I've got enough experience and knowledge to be able to do it full-time
2: so have you just gone recently full-time recently yes
0: yep yeah, yeah so it's happening as we speak oh how exciting <laughs> you. thank you yeah it's really exciting so um Yeah, I kind of gave myself the goal of um, this year. I'm actually at Beckenbridge at the moment. So where I'm finishing up and the girls, Beckenbridge themselves have been so supportive. And I remember them saying to me, it takes, you know, a good four to five years to, for most companies to be able to do it full time if you're going to start it as a side hustle. And yeah, I've hit the four year mark. And so I think it's time that I take the leap and I feel like I'm in a place where I can,
3: which is really exciting. So you spoke a little bit earlier about how you launched through Instagram and yeah. obviously the algorithms were a bit different back then. Yeah, If you were to do it again now, yeah, how would you do it differently?
0: Obviously, number one, you have to have worked really hard on your product. I think having the product right and taking the time to do your product correctly is really, really important. I think now it's so accessible to launch a business that I think you have not as much time to make those bad decisions. I think you need to like first and foremost launch with an epic product. Um, But I think you really have to do the branding right as well. So I think as soon as somebody opens a parcel from you, it should be everything you want it to be. And I think it's better to take the time to work on your packaging, work on your branding, work on your imagery, making sure the imagery is really good and creating a website that reflects your brand And having all of those kind of things set up, I think back when, you know, when I started and it was quite new, like it was quite a, social media was new-ish. You could kind of develop everything along the way compared to now. There's just so many brands, everyone's packaging's beautiful. If they get something in the post and it's not quite up to scratch, they're going to remember it. Yeah, I think definitely taking the time to make sure every single thing links up and is on brand for you is very, very important. The one other thing when I started my business, I had no one to lean on. So mm-hmm. I didn't know one other person who had a business. Like I didn't know how to do shipping. I didn't know how to do that. I think if you have people you can lean on, like, yeah, if you can have anyone that can help you just to get a of away, but it's, yeah, huge help as well.
2: So how did you learn that stuff? Like if you didn't have anyone that you knew, like oh, yeah. did you Google it?
0: Yeah, I watched a lot of <laughs> tutorials. Yeah. I Googled a lot. I made a lot of phone calls. I think they would probably be like the mistakes from the start, like – postage I found really hard like shipping and then the production side I found really hard it's really hard to find factories and like all of that kind of stuff and um there's no manual like you can't just jump onto a website and be like here's your best options for printing a Mm -hmm. diary you really have to trial out quite a few so um so did you go on Alibaba or did I you... actually didn't know about Alibaba.
3: <laughs> I wish <laughs> I did blessing? now. <laughs> <Yes. Yeah.
0: laughs> Is it because I'm a Kiwi? I don't know. <laughs> and Yeah. I only found out about Alibaba like a year and a half ago, maybe. And oh, really? I, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. If I had known about that now, it would have been amazing. But um, no, I think I was lucky. I through my graphic design side. I knew a couple of printers in Australia. I did everything in Australia for the first few right. years. It was a lot more expensive but I always knew the goal was to be able to find someone um, that could get the prices down lower. Um, So I ended up having to go to China and luckily one of my factories just emailed me a cold email and they had come across um, my social media, really random. Um, They're based in China and they've actually been amazing. And then the other one I had through a contact as well. So yeah, I was just really lucky, I think. But Mm. I did sample with – 12 factories maybe until I found um, the right one. So it takes, it takes time. Mm-hmm.
2: So how did you transition your business from only selling online mm-hmm. to selling in retailers? Who yeah. was your first retailer? Like,
0: My first retailer was actually one in New Zealand. I had a list, so I wanted to make sure they were really on brand stockists um, and I didn't want to be stocked in every single place and I also knew I didn't want to be stocked in – more little stationery shops you go to get like your reading books and your actual stationery for school. I wanted it to be a bit more of a premium stationery brand. So I actually cold emailed um, most of them. I didn't have any connections at all with the stores. Um, and I was really lucky. I made sure I did a really beautiful lookbook. I made sure everything that I was sending out was on brand. Um, and I also gave them exclusivity in the cities. For the first year, I just made sure it was really clear that it was a one year agreement. Mm. Um, And that also helps a lot. They want, you know, there's so many stores these days and they want to have something different and know that they're going to be the only ones. Mm. So I think that helped a lot. And then I think I had about eight stores um, when I did it myself. And then I brought on a sales agent in Sydney who are some of my closest friends now and they grew it to 70 stores, um, which was great. And we've actually pulled it back to 45 in the last year, purely from a branding point of view. I kind of, it's funny, you kind of go up and down, but I just, I wanted it to be, um, yeah, the stores to be super, super on brand
3: for me. What's next? Where do you want this to go?
0: Yeah, I think um, for me, I have always been quality over quantity as well with my products. So I definitely want to grow the actual product side. So I have a lot of things in the pipeline. And then I think next year is going to be the year where the products will grow a lot more. Obviously you have to send everything to print three to four months in advance. So this year is nearly gone for yeah. <laughs> that section. Yeah, um. Yeah. So yeah, this year I'm going to focus on the digital. Each month I have made a theme on the website. So All my blog content is related to that theme. So I've done time management so far, goal setting, next month's well-being, and then I've got travel um, and a couple of other ones. So I'm working on that, Um, some digital products, and then some workshops. Um, I've got my first workshop coming up. We have a few um, final questions. Yeah. What's been your greatest success to date? I've had a few, but I think um, definitely when I got to work with Karen Walker, to do the collaboration notebooks we've done two years in a row now. Um, I think that's been a highlight for me. I think seeing it grow as well, the brand, each year, the diary quantities growing, and I think seeing them sell out is just the most amazing thing. And I also think probably the smallest thing in the world, but when you meet someone who uses them and they're so enthusiastic and they love everything about it, it's such, you know, nerd, nerd life. But it's um, <laughs> it's like such a fun thing um, to know that kind of all your hard work has gone into that and that it's paying off mm. um, the end goal to help people.
2: I just want to ask a little bit more about the Karen Walker collab. Yes. yeah. Because I've heard that was kind of like one of your – yeah. goals that yes. you really wanted to achieve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk us through that. How did that come about? What was yeah. the moment like when they were like,
0: yes? Yeah. So I'm definitely um, a New Year's resolution gal. Yeah. When I'm at home in Marlborough um, on the week before Christmas, I usually get home and I literally just focus on what I want to do for the next year. And by the first, I make sure I've written them all down and I feel really good about what I want to achieve. So that yeah, I had known that I wanted to do a product collaboration as a brand growth point of view, brand awareness, like there were so many reasons and I knew that I had to find the right person to do it with and I had a list and Karen was at the top. Um, I knew that I've kind of admired her brand for a long time as a Kiwi um, and I just think she's an amazing businesswoman in general and I contacted their office, I think on the 1st of January, (laughs) very eager beaver. And um, I knew one of the girls, I had seen them purchasing the diaries through the online store. So, um, I had luckily had the contact with one of the marketing girls and I emailed them a proposal and I made sure it was really detailed about aligning together, why it would work, how it would work, all of that kind of stuff. And luckily, she emailed me back on, I think, the 7th when their office opened. And she was like, I love this idea. I'm going to talk to Karen, blah, blah, blah. And I think by the 10th, Karen had come back saying she was really keen. And, And they do Christmas goodies for the end of the year always. So they were like, we need to do this for the end of the year for sure. So it gave me so much time to work out how it would all work and what I, we wanted to do, come up with ideas. So I think we started working on it from about, um, May and then came back through and we, it was a really collaborative process, which I loved. Karen came over for a shoot in Sydney, which was fun. Um, I was actually so nervous for that. I've, I had met Karen before, but I think just the pressure, I think it all hit me at that point, Mm. you know, having to do press and, promotion and all of that kind of stuff um, was a whole nother level and also knowing that they were going to go into her store and her stockists and things like that and hoping that it was a premium product that would reflect her brand and my brand and have a good sell through is always the dream so you just I guess it's a bit nerve-wracking when it's a whole Mm. new thing so yeah that was how it all came about and then it was really successful it sold out for both of us and we did another one last year and yeah she's just the most amazing and supportive person so mm. yeah it was I was really happy with that it worked out really well.
2: Was there a moment where you were like wow yeah like I th- I'm doing this?
0: I get excited about everything to be honest I, <laughs> I love that <laughs> yeah I think um, you have to live in the moment I totally. think um, you can't take anything for granted so yeah I have a lot of those celebration moments over a wine um, yeah so I think I definitely was really really happy I think it was also exciting that I was at home in New Zealand at the time I'm pretty good with the celebration stuff. Like if I've got my boyfriend and things like that, we, um, yeah, I'm always like, we need to celebrate this now, but, um, Mm. I don't stop and think about it for too long. I seem to just move on, which is
3: the bad thing probably. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that one of the comments that you made was that you were lucky that you had the email address Mm. for the marketing girls, but I don't think it's luck. I think it's, like you should give yourself more credit for that because not everyone is going to see such a small thing as an opportunity. It's like you had her on your list, like that was a goal. Yeah. You knew that someone from the company had bought from your store, you had the contact, you were audacious enough to just reach out and do a full proposal, like it's not really – luck it's oh, you, you know your work <laughs> so give yourself the credit you. for it
0: <laughs> preparation yeah, yeah exactly it is yeah it's preparation and planning yeah but, yeah
2: and fun. seizing the opportunity yeah yeah. You know, like yeah. yeah
0: I agree there's always a time and a place too sometimes when I've been let down by things or had you know something mm. in my head it's funny how it's come around like six months later and something better and bigger's happened or you know, something's just fallen into place. And I think, you know, as long as you're working hard and you have really clear focus and goals and you're always looking forward, you're not standing still, I think it ends up somehow coming around to work out. So you just got to keep pushing forward. So, what's Beck's best tip for starting a business? It sounds overwhelming, but you just have to write a list.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You, a you and the list. <laughs>
1: Thanks for listening. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on Instagram, lady.brains, and head over to ladybrains.com.au to find out more about our events and other cool things that are happening.